Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Welcome back, Lab Code Agents, to another episode of the podcast. Uh, and today we're gonna we're gonna go deep on some tech. I've got a guest here who is about thirty million times smarter than I am. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him because he's relatively new to real estate, uh, but not necessarily new to the tech side. And this guy comes with uh, some strong credentials. Uh, as he attended business school at MIT a few years back and uh, has has uh, has a, a past career at Goldman Sachs. So I think just those two things in and of itself tell you uh, the caliber of guest we're going to be talking today to today. Uh, and now he is for his fast forward and he has built a piece of technology for the real estate world, which we are going to talk about today uh, that I think all of you are going to find fascinating and interesting and uh, many of you might even want it in your business but before we get to that let's introduce our guest mr yishi zuo uh welcome to the welcome to the podcast uh, my friend and let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself sure yeah thank you for the very kind uh, words jeff um i my name is yishi I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, as you alluded to. I started my career in finance, started at Goldman Sachs Investment Banking, then worked for an investment firm for a few more years. And in 2016, I decided to transition into tech entrepreneurship, went off to business school at MIT Sloan, started a business while I was a full-time student at Sloan, has nothing to do with real estate. It's a service that finds experts on demand for paid one-hour phone calls. And uh, I grew that business with a few co-founders from 2016 until 2020. And then last year, and this is all in Boston, um, last year I actually moved from Boston back to the West Coast. Uh, And in the process, process I started exploring other entrepreneurial ventures. And uh, that's kind of how I got into uh, real estate. I uh, connected with uh, one of my angel investors in my last venture. He's a real estate guy from the greater Boston area, a self-made kind of guy, uh, owns a couple hundred properties in the greater Boston area, started with single family homes, then duplexes, some multifamily stuff now. And he's an expert in real estate. And he and I just got to talking around fall of last year. And um, we started doing some exploration. And one thing led to another. And I realized, oh, this industry is pretty interesting. Um, I'd like to learn more, talk to more people, and you know, maybe build something. And here we are. That's pretty fascinating. So th- let's rewind for a second. And, and so tell us a little bit, because this is really new. I mean, we're talking less than 12 months. 
what led you down the path? So you come from tech. So, so tell us a little bit more about your background at like a Goldman Sachs. So what, what led you to Goldman Sachs? Uh, you know, so you said you came from the Bay Area. What led you down that road? And then obviously into to MIT. I'd like to learn a little just a little bit more about you because I think it's pretty fascinating. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to talk. I love to talk about myself and share more knowledge for your audience. My, uh, so I'm a first generation immigrant, came to this country when I was six, um, born in China. Uh, my parents, like we had a pretty humble upbringing. I remember like I lived in like a one bedroom apartment when I first came to America with both my parents. We shared a room, you know, eventually like we just grew our, our you know, our, our finances became more stable. And, uh, but growing up, I'm an, I'm an only child as well. There was always that drive in me. Like I, my parents came to this country. I want to make something of myself. So went to college. I wanted to work in something that would be, you know, a, a lucrative career personally. And I chose investment banking mainly because during college, that's like the thing to do, um, like the hardest quote unquote thing you can do relatively uh, well trod path. And fortunately I was able to get a job at a pretty good uh, investment bank. And that's, that's why I went into Goldman Sachs. And I transitioned to, after that to become an investor, largely because I, I wanted to figure out what I want to do. I didn't want to stay in investment banking forever. It's the analogy I make for those who are unfamiliar with like the difference between being an investment banker and like an investor is like investment banking, you're like a broker, like in real estate. And um, as an investor, you're like on the, on the buyer side. So you're, you're like investment firm. So principal agent difference is, is the, the best way I describe it. So that's my early beginning of my career. And I think as like, by the time when I moved to America and like with my parents in 1996 versus like 2013, 2014, when I was working in, at a hedge fund in finance, like my personal out, uh, outlook on risk and my personal finances and as well as that of my family had, has changed a lot. We had made it to my parents. They had made it to middle class. I personally was working at a good job. And then my risk profile changed. I wanted, I felt like I was in a good stable position where I could take a risk. And I started doing like entrepreneurial side projects uh, while I was working full time at the hedge fund. Unfortunately, those projects didn't go anywhere. I actually spent a, a decent amount of my own money that basically went to naught. But uh, it did give me a taste of entrepreneurship. I realized, oh, this is kind of exciting. I feel like I, I could get better at this. And this is very rewarding. So I decided to do some out of a career pivot. And I wanted to deep dive into entrepreneurship. And that's why I went to business school kind of for that career transition, you know, meet co-founders, build my network, build my personal skill set. And uh, that's what I did. That's what brought me to business school. Fascinating. Where, so where'd you go to school um, undergrad? Oh, I went to UC Berkeley. So I grew up in the Bay Area, stayed local, worked in SF for five years after Berkeley as well. So very much so a Bay Area kid. Very cool. And, and I'm asking these questions because honestly, and I think our audience can resonate with this. I mean, in the real estate world, it's, it's a, you know, it's a very entrepreneurial world, but not an entrepreneurial world where like your upbringing. Like you have the upbringing. I mean, the reality is if somebody tells me at 15 years old, I want to get into real estate, I say, get through high school just because and scratch college. Don't even bother. Like there's no reason to, right? And so it's a different world. And I think a lot of a lot of real estate just professionals typically don't, they don't have an upbringing like this. So I think it's pretty fascinating. And maybe it's just me and maybe this is just going to be a one way conversation, but uh, I like to give it some context because I think it's uh, I think it's interesting. And I think people like you, I mean, obviously, this is your first venture. So 
I'm guessing somebody like you who has the background that you have, you probably dove super deep over the last 10 months into just immersing yourself and consuming all things real estate so you could understand A, what the business is like, and then also where the gaps are, what the needs are. Is that, was that, a, is that a safe assumption? Definitely, yeah. So before we started building any of the technology that we have, we certainly did a lot of research. I first started just Googling, reading about the industry at a high level and, and diving into different niches. Like I spent a couple, a few weeks, or maybe a couple months just reading all about the MLS system. I had not heard of an MLS until let's say last September. And I actually reached out to a few people that work at MLSs, had some good conversations. And uh, it's, it's, the whole industry is very interesting. Um, the way there's all these like regional, I guess, quasi-monopolies, which straight up monopolies, the way the MLSs operate and the, the interactions between the different brokerages, how you have to pay for, for data. And there's kind of like a like encroaching competition between like some of the larger brokerages and some of the MLSs. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. I, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on how that will change. Um, but that's kind of one of the first things I, I looked into. And as I was uh, kind of going down the path of what uh, the, the company that I'm working on now, KJ, um, just started talking with more and more real estate agents. Um, just started out, I, I mean, I did some cold emailing agents, complete strangers, uh, had a couple conversations, but most of the learnings came from um, warm, like first degree connections or, or warm intros to agents. So, and, and that was kind of the first inkling that, oh, real estate is uh, very much so a relationship-based industry. I mean, it's kind of like a stereotype. I've heard it so many times watching videos, talking with people, but it's very true. Um, just kind of the, the responses I get from a warm intro versus like a code email. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, you know, what I was going to say too, is that it's funny that, you know, you've been essentially in the real estate world since September but yet you've probably done more homework on the industry than most real estate agents. And, and because, you know, you just get into it for different reasons. Most agents get into this business because of the freedom, because of the flexibility, because of the opportunity. Uh, but they don't actually do a whole hell of a lot of homework. Their just first thought is, how do I get a buyer? How do I get a seller? And I'll figure it out from there kind of thing. You know, you have to take some tests, but that stuff is all just a bunch of BS, really. It doesn't necessarily apply to actually you know, doing business. And that's why you go work for a brokerage and you have a broker and you do all these things. Uh, but the hardest part is getting business, right? That's, that's frankly, that is the hardest part. And that, that's what separates the, the best from the rest. And so, okay. So, so you've done your homework, here you are, you, you fast forward to September, you're, you're, you're diving in, where did it go from there? So when you guys said, okay, we want to do something, did you already have an idea of what you wanted to do? Or did you just say, let's do something and let's figure out where the opportunity is? Yeah, good question. So I think we knew that we wanted to do something in real estate. We had a couple of very kind of rough ideas. One of the first ideas we were exploring had something to do with like comments on real estate listings. Like why can't there be like Yelp-like listings on an open house? Why can't people comment on a Zillow or a Redfin or one of these like brokers or agent websites like on the property itself and have people respond in a thread? And that actually was what got me into looking into MLSs. And I realized that one of the reasons that doesn't happen is because MLSs have all these regulations about comments. And I think there's some protectionism there, just some kind of conservative bias. Like maybe it's, maybe it's valid where um, the, you, don't, you don't want to ruffle any seller feathers because uh, the selling um, 
homeowner may be annoyed if someone potential buyers start commenting on the on the property. So uh, as a result, a lot of MLSs straight up ban that. Like I know I looked into like Redfin, Redfin try to do something like that. Only agents can leave comments. And even then it's kind of controversial. So after looking at that, I mean, I had some ideas, like maybe there's still a way to get around this stuff, like, um, but it, it would have been a real uphill climb. So after a few weeks of research, um, we put a stop to that Every avenue of exploration probably saved us months or years of time, but not by not going down that route. And uh, and then we started looking into just the space more broadly. I throughout all this, I was talking with real estate agents um, all over the place, and after a few dozen of these conversations, a recurring kind of theme started popping up, which is that open houses are kind of annoying in that, especially during the sign-in sheet process, it's often awkward when visitors don't sign in, uh, refuse to sign in or sign in with fake information. And even, I mean, depending on the agent, some people, some agents do this better than others. Sometimes some agents are better able to make a connection, build a relationship, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, um, I, I know this better. I mean, not as well as some of your audience members do, but it's, it's often awkward. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's necessary in order to, uh, to build a relationship in order to uh, create the next future lead. So I started learning a lot about open houses and how agents use open houses. For example, it's, it wasn't clear to me as an outsider that open houses aren't solely used to sell the house. In fact, often that's like almost like a secondary goal. The primary goal of open house at times, and maybe some agents listening will disagree, but the primary goal is to uh, generate more leads for the next opportunity. And there's there's a lot of interesting things um, uh, that result from that that I had no idea. And, and that's kind of where the conversation led, thinking about open houses as a whole. Yeah, it's, it's very true. I don't think, and, and I would say pre-COVID, that was almost damn near 100% of the reason why you'll hold open house. You do it because the seller thinks that's a good thing. So you're just, you're just doing it for them. Uh, but in the reality is, is you're doing it to drive buyer lead. Now I would say, you know, you know, again, you guys came up with this idea during COVID, whereas during COVID during the last, you know, 12 months or so, you know, open houses are not even really necessary. I think, I think, you know, when a house is about ready to be listed, you already know what's coming. And then this is cyclical. This is going to change. It's going to cycle out. But right now I put a house on the market and it's like, who's going to, who's going to offer, you know, 50 K hundred K more. And it's almost, it's, it's almost like a, a parade in open house at this point, you know, you see, you see videos online or on the news and there's just, you know, hundreds, 50, 50 to hundred people waiting in line to go see this house. So they can all just get into a bidding war against each other. And I guess, you know, I guess it's a good thing uh, because like you say, I mean, as, as a real estate agent, if I'm holding an open house and I do get that, that's 50 to 100 potential clients right there, right? And so, yeah, I mean, how do I capture it? And this is old news. Like this has been going on forever, you know, five, 10 years ago before technology became what it is today, it was, it was sign-in sheets. And how do you get people to sign in? It has since evolved and there are CRMs and, and various technology platforms that, that do have the QR code capability or, or you put an iPad you know, on, on the counter and you have somebody sign in. Maybe you give away gift cards or ball tickets, you know, whatever, to get people to do it. Uh, but you guys feel like you have found 
uh, a way that is uh, potentially more enticing and uh, also free uh, for the agent, for everybody involved, uh, that gets more interaction, which is going to create uh, a larger database for the real estate agent, right? As a result of open houses. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And that's, that's through Cajent. So first of all, where's that name come, come from? Yeah, great question. So uh, we actually came, uh, so Cajun.com, K-A-G-E-N-T.com. Uh, we actually thought of a, a few different names um, that we, we were evaluating. We went on to one of those kind of brand like logo domain name websites and found a few that like we had some uh, relationship um, similarity to real estate. And we actually pulled 50 or so agents um, for their, their favorites. And Cajun was basically one of the clear winners. Um, and we spent like a small amount of money, a reasonable amount of money to get the domain name. And that's really the, the origin story. Uh, we like the letter K. It's very strong sounding, obviously the word agent. Um, and we wanted something that, you know, over the next few years, as we hopefully grow, um, is kind of its, its own brand. So uh, Cajun right now doesn't really mean anything. Has some, my people might think, oh, a, agent real estate, so that's good. But there's no like real like brand association other than that. And we wanted to start with kind of a clean slate. So that was kind of the, the naming process. Um, and in terms of kind of where we are in the competitive landscape, as, as you're alluding to, yes, uh, we are aware there are like open house sign-in sheet pools. There's other CRMs that have... QR codes and whatnot. Um, basically, in our in our research of this space, uh, we realized that uh, our biggest competition isn't any other competing system. Um, it's actually uh, traditional like pen and paper sign in sheets. So, um, like so we did a poll or survey, something like seventy percent of the agents we talked to were still using pen and paper. So we saw that as an opportunity to help these agents upgrade, just streamline that process. And in terms of kind of some of our features that differentiate us from some of the other tools out there. Definitely the free forever plan is, is a core part of it because we see our competition as pen and paper and just given the nature of software, uh, we think having a freemium model where the free plan is free forever, unlimited sign-ins, unlimited open houses, and basically a ton of the core functionality is, is there. And it's just a complete uh, upgrade over pen and paper is, is the right way to go. So that's number one. The second thing that makes us different is um, this unique thing we do, and it's, you kind of alluded to this too, like giveaway prizes. What we're doing is uh, we're doing like a, uh, like a giveaway, a prize giveaway uh, periodically. We're starting with once a month. We will take the, the people that sign in across everyone that uses our, our open house sign-in sheet across any geography, and we'll do a pool drawing where one winner will win $500, and that's based on um, how closely they guess the closing price of the house. So there's, there's something unique about this, uh, this, uh, this contest, which is that it incentivizes visitors to, one, provide their real names and real emails when they sign in. And two, there's a 10 minutes after they sign in, they'll be asked to fill out a kind of a very quick five question multiple choice survey. And one of the questions is guess the closing price of the house for a chance to win $500. And that is something that we, we actually talked to a few agents and some agents told us that they've had great success doing like $100 giveaways, $500 giveaways, just like this. And not every agent does this. And we thought like, this makes sense. Like we could do it. We could just pay for the prize as a promotion and, um, and think of it as a marketing cost. So this 
feature combined with the free forever plan is what makes us unique. And basically we're, we're essentially paying open house visitors, your open house visitors for the agents listing out there um, to sign into your open house and you get their data. We, we hopefully upgrade some, some agents to a, a paid plan. That's how we plan to grow over time. So those are the two key features. The, the paid price survey gets the closing price and the free forever plan. That's awesome. So what happens? So how does, how does the software, how does the platform connect? So, you know, let's just say I sign up and I sign up for the free account and I do an open house, I get 25 visitors. There's this data. How do I extract it or how do I connect it? How do I put it to my CRM? Is it, I guess it's pretty compatible in that regard. Yeah, so we're, we're going to use Zapier, Zapier, however you want to pronounce it, to connect uh, our system with any other CRM. I'm pretty sure all the CRMs have some Zapier integration webhooks, and we can assist with that as well if people are curious. And right now, you can also download a CSV, and you can upload it yourself, or if you're using doing not even using a CRM, you can download it as well. So there's a CSV download option, and then there is the Zapier integration very soon to come. So, and, and then tell me this, so as, as I'm looking through the product, as I've looked through the product, it talks about even, you know, includes live updates for your seller. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple other features that are pretty exciting. So um, one of the, as we were doing user research, talking with agents, agents told us that, oh, it'd be kind of interesting if I could share updates with the seller. So they're, they kind of are kept up to date what's, of what's going on and they're satisfied. So we have a feature, if you're running an open house, um, you, you see people come in, you have your dashboard. Obviously, you wouldn't want the seller, uh, your, the seller you're representing to see everything because it's a little bit overwhelming. You don't want them to contact the potential buyers and, and whatnot. But if the seller wants to know, okay, how many people I visited? Like, what's the status? We have a kind of a separate dashboard. It's a one-click button where you can give a link to the seller and the seller can keep up to date on how many people have signed in and, and so on. So that is the, the live update for the seller uh, functionality. Um, I, I might as well mention there's, there's a, one other uh, pretty useful feature that agents love, which is um, we have the ability to integrate uh, your calendar or more, more specifically your Calendly or sometimes it's a Mixmax or a HubSpot calendar link. Um, basically, um, if people aren't familiar, this is separate from, from our company, but a lot of people use, a lot of agents and people outside of real estate use these calendar links where you give a link to someone, let's say a prospective lead, and they can book time directly on your calendar. So we've structured our system such that you can take your calendar booking link um, through a Calendly or Mixmax or HubSpot and put it in our system. And at the end of the, when visitors signs in at the open house, um, they get a survey. And then at the end of the survey, there's a link whereby they can click to book a time with you to learn more about the neighborhood to help you build the relationship. So that is a, a key feature that um, that we realized. Oh, like agents really want this. So that that's a, another cool feature we have. That's really cool. So uh, it's more reason why, as an agent, you probably should have your own uh, Calendly or some sort of a calendar uh, uh, scheduling platform. Correct. That's right. It's it's uh, yeah. I, I don't work for any of these companies, but everyone should have one of one of these links. It's, it's free, like completely free. It's really useful. It's a lifesaver. Absolutely, it is. 100%. It's, it, just, it just makes life more efficient. That's a whole other topic for another uh, another podcast, I think. Uh, okay, so so tell us this. So so how does this work? I mean, 
obviously you said it's free, which I think immediately is probably going to get people with some guards up like, okay, uh, nothing's free. Uh, come on, Ishi, don't, 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 uh, don't try to pull one over on us. So, so maybe describe how that works and then what it is that you could then pay for, because even when you do get into the paid versions, they're very inexpensive. So uh, kind of walk us through uh, what the options are and, and really maybe, you know, let, let's be transparent with the audience. How is it that you're able to do this for free? Yeah, good question. So uh, that's actually a very, um, very good question. Like why are, how are some software free? Uh, what are we, are we doing something nefarious with your data? Are we selling your, your personal emails? The answer is no, nothing like that. The reason why uh, Cajun has a very powerful free tier is just the nature of the unit economics of software. So basically it costs pennies on the dollar to like host an open house using our software, like the, the data that's stored on our systems, like the cost for us to handle that data is, is pennies on the dollar. So um, that's why we're, it makes a lot of sense for us to offer a free version. And we know people listening to this podcast, some people are going to try it and they may be happy with the free version, just use it forever and never pay us. That's totally okay. That's just the nature of, of software. Now, obviously, how do we make our money? And we're pretty transparent with that in our pricing module. So there's a couple of upgrades. And yes, they're pretty affordable as well. One is $20, $25 a month. The other is about $50 a month. Uh, at the, the first pay tier, the, the uh, standard tier, um, you get everything in the free plan, which is unlimited open houses, unlimited sign-in sheets. And basically, we do this survey at the end of the open house for every visitor. And as the agent, um, if you're using the free version, you only get to see the, uh, the aggregated responses. You don't see the individual responses of who responded to what. So you have the aggregate like estimate of the closing price across 25 people. You don't see what, who guessed what, and you also don't see like there's some other questions. If you're on the pay tier, you get to see the individual responses for each of the questions. Now, like some agents won't care about that, and that's okay. But we suspect that there will be some percentage of agents. It may be only 5 or 10%. Maybe it's only the top agents who really, really want to analyze the data. And that's okay. Like I mentioned, like even if we have like one out of 20 agents sign up for the pay plan, if, we're, if, our, if it costs us $0.02 cents per, per open house and, and one agent starts paying for it, well, we just made an 80% margin or, or more than that. It's the math, I don't know the exact numbers, but the unit economics are very favorable. And that's just a fact about software in general, not just our company. And then the, the VIP, we have something that the highest tier plan, $50, is it's a VIP plan. You get to brand the sign-in sheet with your, with your profile picture, your phone number. There's a little bit more custom branding. So that is um, hopefully assuages any concerns about like what's the gotcha here. Really, the gotcha is just software is just really, really cheap. And this model just makes a lot of sense for uh, a lot of companies, a lot of industries in general. That's probably people have probably seen this free thing in, in other industries as well. Yeah. So, would you say that you know, again, with your limited time in the industry, especially when you're talking to newer agents, which is a lot of them nowadays, a lot of people, you know, because of COVID circumstances, went and got the real estate license, right? And they don't know where to get their business. And then, you, and then you couple that with the fact that there's two million agents and a million listings, right? There's just more people than there are than there is business. That's a problem. That tells you that there's going to be a lot of people leaving the business or there's going to be uh, something's going to have to correct, right? But as a newer agent, younger agent, struggling agent, doesn't matter if you're new to the business, 
you know, one of the techniques that, that they can use to go out and try to drive buyer business is going to an experienced agent, either in your market or in your office and just saying, Hey, I, you know, I know you're going to have this new listing. Do you mind if I hold it open? And, you know, obviously if that, that obviously everybody knows why you're doing that. So if an agent was to do something like that, I would imagine that it would behoove them to use, to, to sign up for the software, because obviously this is the best way to then procure uh, more potential buyers, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So this is my, shows my ignorance of the real estate industry. When I was first getting started, I have no idea that this is something that real estate agents did that real estate agents, when they're starting out, they will approach other more experienced realtors and ask, can I hold your open house for you? And that was just kind of news to me. And it was kind of interesting. And definitely for these agents, these younger, hungry agents who are desperate uh, or really eager for leads, it makes a lot of sense whether you use our product or not to do these open houses. Because frankly, given what I've learned about real estate over the past nine, 10 months, is that open houses are a great way to meet potential leads. And it's good practice too. Like part of me when I'm talking to these agents, I'm like, oh, this, this might be kind of fun. Like I kind of wish I was like an agent meeting, meeting people because like open houses are, are a great way to to build relationships and, and get more leads. And, um, and you, this, this kind of, um, I want to bring up, like, as I was doing research early on, like thinking about who our target agent is, because there's so many agents out there. Some agents are, have been in the industry for 30, 40 years. They have plenty of referral business. They don't need to hold open houses. They don't need to get lead information. People come to them. They have more business than they know to deal, do with. That's not the, probably not the best customer for us. We are really looking for um, our, they, they tend to be younger, hungrier agents who either are already doing open houses to get more leads or are very open to doing open houses. So that's, that's really helpful when, when, I'm, when anyone's starting a kind of a new tech venture to really figure out who the quote unquote persona is. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, real estate buyer personas and in, in, uh, in the tech industry have kind of user personas. So our user persona is a younger agent. Age is less relevant than the mentality of wanting the hungriness of wanting to get more leads, do open houses. So um, that, that, is, that is something we've, we've indeed discovered. It's, it, well, I will say this too, even if I'm a team leader, if I want to grow a team, if I own a brokerage, you know, this is another piece of technology that is a carrot dangler. It's something that, you know, if you have a team and you're wanting to bring in young agents and groom agents or newer agents, maybe not young by age, you have to entice them with some value. And this could be that value because like you said, if I'm an experienced agent and I'm a listing agent, which means I don't want to be taking buyers to look at homes. I don't want to be holding open houses. I got better things to do with my time. Like you know, live, right? Because I'm not in that phase. I'm already past that phase. What a great opportunity to say, hey, we are going to invest in this technology, which is going to do a better job of when you're, when, when, when uh, people are showing up to the open houses to grab their data, which means now I've just created a top of funnel lead. It's no different than running a Facebook ad. It's no different than most lead aggregators, even Google, PPC, any of that stuff that those are top of funnel. That's stuff you're going to nurture. Arguably, I mean, that's somebody that went to Facebook not to search for homes, saw something as they were scrolling and was just a nosy neighbor. This is somebody that got in their car, drove however many miles to go look at a house. That's a warm lead. Maybe it's top of funnel, but it's warm, right? And um, I just don't think a lot of people think too much about it. So let me, let me ask you one more question about this piece. 
before I have one closing question for you. So when it comes to you know that 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 the difficult hurdle, which is how do I get people to sign in? Okay, so I assume you're you're going to encourage people, or maybe you provide something that says enter for a chance to win five hundred dollars just by signing in. Is there anything that you provide? And obviously, it's also contactless, which is very important in this day and age. It's all very QR code based. But what do you do? What do you guys suggest to agents that are holding the open house to say, grab the 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 uh, the open house attendees attention with this? What is it? What's 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 your thing? Yeah, so every agent is different. So different agents have different tactics. Um, some agents prefer to print out our, our our paper and post it and like leave copies of it in different rooms so people can sign in in multiple places if they forgot. Some people have like a, a shared iPad in the front of the house, and it really uh, differs based on the agent, like the size of the house and whatnot. But generally, like our slogan is that we want to make open houses fun. So agents, that's what we encourage agents to do. Like really pitch, like this is a fun contest. Like it'll, it'll be fun. It's really easy. And it's, it's not, no hassle at all. It's contactless and, and whatnot. So it does require, you know, some conversation between the agent and the visitor and every agent's way of communicating will be different. But generally the message is, Hey, like scan this QR code. Um, it's a, it's a fun contest. Guess the closing price of the house and you might win. So that's, that is really the, the core message. Yeah. I like it. And I guess, I guess the simplicity piece of this that you said in the very beginning is that because it is a QR code, essentially you could print out 15 of these and place them in every room of the house. That's right. That's hey, right. Don't do, sign, sign up, sign, sign in for a chance to win $500. Exactly. Exactly. The, I guess agents could throw some. They could throw their own. They could throw their own skin in it as well. Sign in for a chance to win five hundred dollars and get a five dollar gift card to Starbucks. Exactly. Exactly. Or you get like a free consultation, learn about the neighborhood. Which I mean, agents would be happy to do that for for free. It's not really. It's not really a gift, but you can. It's all about framing marketing, right? Like agents are really good at selling pitching things. So that, that should become as no surprise, but there's lots of different ways you can, a good creative agent can, can take this. And that's why we're so excited because there's a lot of ways, directions where, where our product can go and really help the agents um, get more leads, build better relationships. Awesome. I, so I've got a question for you. You weren't expecting this question. And I think, you know, a re- real estate, the real estate world, I've been in it 21 years and I consider myself relatively young. Some might disagree, but there's plenty that are a lot older than me. And I think a lot of people have a little bit of an arrogance in real estate. Like, okay, you know, experience defines success. Experience defines wisdom, uh, which really isn't always true. And I uh, don't think that way. Like I said in the very beginning, you're 30,000 times smarter than I am. And I stand by that. I'm sure you are. So I want your perspective from a unique perspective, which is young to the industry and probably just young in general. I'm sure you're, you're a lot younger than I am. Where do you see the industry going from a technology perspective? You've done some pretty immersive homework. Again, like I said, in less than 12 months, you've probably done more homework about the industry than most agents have done in a 30-year career. They just wing it. So I'd like your opinion where do you see the industry going 
from a technology perspective or what are you maybe looking at as you look out into the future? That's a great question. I, I watched, I, I did, I went to some like industry virtual conference a few weeks ago and I, I've heard a lot of people talk about this. And from my perspective, maybe like relatively new to the industry, a lot of third party, like uh, higher level views. I think it's really interesting what's happening, like the relationship between the MLSs and the different brokerages. I kind of alluded to this earlier, but like if you think about MLSs, they're, they're so powerful and they are a quasi-monopoly and they're making, they've made money for decades and they'll continue to make money for decades. And some of the more ambitious MLSs are, you know, are, are buying technology companies, building their own technology, doing some unique things and because uh, they want to grow even bigger. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some like mergers. I mean, there, some of the mergers are already happening between MLSs, but not a huge scale. But I could see the MLSs competing against the, the Zillows of the world, the, the big brokerages of the world. Um, I don't know. This is just, just my perspective. The, the instant home buying thing is, is interesting. I, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't really have a, too big of a skin in the game because I'm not a broker. I, I don't, I've, I've never bought a house in my life. But I don't, I think it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, I don't know if that will end very well for, for, for the people that are doing the, the instant buying because the algorithms can only get you so far. I think when things start to turn, it'll be very interesting. Look at some of these big technology or, or yeah, these big technology powered like auto home buying uh, um, businesses. And, and as the, the market turns they'll be stuck with huge balance sheet liabilities and you know that that's that's not good for the system but um hopefully it won't the the crash won't hurt the system too much but uh, i think they'll they'll fall pretty hard um when 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 the market turns just given i, I don't know how fast their algorithms can react when when it happens but that's just pure conjecture uh, but algorithms did get it skip the nation of trouble in uh, in like the the financial crisis so also started kind of with real estate too so but we'll see we'll see what happens do you for do you uh foreshadow look looking 10 years ahead do you think that uh, you'll still be heavily involved in the real estate world hopefully that means that means uh cajun is is growing and thriving though i will say um i we didn't talk too much about my last business but Basically, basically, my last business uh, grew to like seven figures in revenue, and um, we were getting to profitability. And I realized, oh, like I can take a step back, be a chairman type of role. And that company is still going, by the way. I recruited the CEO to take over, still growing. I'm very much so a stakeholder and not running that day to day anymore. So if DeepBench gets to, or if Cajun, DeepBench is my last company, sorry about that. Cajun, this, my current, this current real estate technology venture, it starts growing and get more and more traction. I'd love to bring on someone to like partner with, to run the business and scale the business with me. And eventually like I'd like to operate in more of like a chairman type role, maybe invest in other real estate technology companies or, uh, or even like non-technology companies like, like brokerages and, and whatnot. Um, so that's, that's where I see uh, this going. Like, you know, that may change. Maybe I become, I stay the CEO for 10 years and that's, that'd be great. But Real estate's all about relationships and partnerships. So I am like, you know, I'm actively looking to partner with uh, more and more individuals, other technology partners, brokers, and and seeing what happens. So that's where um, that's where I see myself, my role. Like I'm I'm very flexible, but I'd like to stay in the industry in, in some capacity and hopefully Cajun does well. 
cool. I love it. I love it. Well, w- welcome to the industry. Um, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I will speak for Lab Code Agents, uh, which is, by the way, the biggest you know social media real estate group on the planet. And that it's good to have young blood, and it's good to have young smart blood. Not that there's anything wrong with the hustlers of the world, because that's what this industry is is made of. Uh, but it's really good to have some some intellect. Uh, and it's been fascinating just just having a conversation with you. And uh, hopefully we stay in touch because uh, I think that you're capable of doing some really big things in the industry. I appreciate the kind words. I, I don't know how much intellect I actually have, but I do. I will say I do really respect the hustlers of the world. I consider myself like a bit of a hustler. You're an entrepreneur, therefore you're a hustler. Right. I have to sell. Like I've sold. I've worked in different industries, sold different things. I do do really respect it and. My, like neither of my parents are entrepreneur, even business minded at all. So I've had to learn a lot of like the sales skills with the hard way. So I really respect, especially the real estate agents who are like, it comes naturally for them. And I, I don't know if it comes naturally for me, but I've, I've definitely had to work hard at it and get over some of the, like, you know, it's natural. I mean, it's not comfortable just like always pitching, selling, but uh, I really do respect the, the real estate agents who are able to do that uh, effectively over, over the, over the, years yeah the, the best real estate agents are the best networkers they're the best people people you know that is the reality of it because you're not selling a product you're selling yourself and uh, that's that's what makes real estate fun you know that's that's the reality of it you're changing people's lives and uh, even though it's super stressful and there's a lot of bs that goes along with it at the end of the day when you're sitting at the closing table and 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 they just made the biggest purchase they'll ever make in their entire life and their family's there and they're excited i mean that's that's a that's a warm and fuzzy and um hopefully uh, and I don't see it happening in our lifetime. Technology never replaces the human. I don't think it. I don't think it will for for a long, long time, if ever, because I just think the human interaction on a massive transaction like this is just. It has to be a part of the equation. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, what last thing I'll say about the industry is I've I've worked in different industries. I've talked with like decision makers in different industries and. Definitely real estate agents are some of the most charismatic like people I've talked to. I've talked with some like brokers, like broker owners, and like, wow, you are really like charismatic. I, I can see like why people follow you. I'm like, wow, I wish I had your charisma. So, yeah. so that's just something an interesting aside. I, I kind of like the people in this industry are definitely like fun to talk to. Cool. Love it. It's, it's good. It's good to hear from that perspective as well. So uh, last thing, obviously, you already mentioned it. It's cagent.com. If you want to go learn more, kagent.com. This is super simple. Uh, Yishi, if somebody wants to connect with you personally, where's, how's the, what's the best place to do that? Yeah. So uh, my email is probably the best way. Y-I-S-H-I at cagent.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well. Uh, Y-I-S-H-I-Z-U-O. And you know, my pretty unique name, you can Google me. I have, I have a blog and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, pretty easy to find. I love it, man. I really appreciate you being a guest on today. Uh, folks, go check this out. If you don't have technology that is Uh, working for you in this capacity at an open house, you don't have a QR code that they can walk in and just scan. If you're using pen and paper, I'm sorry, but it's time to retire or evolve. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're just creating more work for yourself. This is so easy. They have a free option. You might as well test it out. Go check it out. Cajent, K-Agent.com, pronounced Cajent. And, And check this out. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yishi, thank you again. And, uh, you know, hopefully the next time we talk to you, you know, you're, you're on to like seven or eight ventures and changing the world. So 
Oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for having me and thanks to everyone listening out there. This episode of the Lab Goat Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all in one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Podcasts.